And I'm Marshall McAluso. It's storming outside, it so if there's any thunder or lightning, if the power goes out randomly, uh, you know what happens. Welcome to the Dorm Street Podcast. Uh, we're going to do... We, we were special, talking about some baseball today. Yeah, we are. Uh, Cubs got eliminated from postseason we play, stink. which no one would have thought at the beginning of the year. Um, and we got a very special episode for you today, because later in the podcast, uh, we're joined by John Sacco, who's John a member with me with the Chicago Dogs, Chicago Dogs and all maybe. those shenanigans. Big Cubs fan, big Bears fan. Uh, we get his thoughts. I, I talk to him about the Cubs, um, and then we talk about Mitch Trubisky and the Bears and their expectations moving forward. Unfortunately, it's like Marshall was saying, it is storming out, and halfway through the Cubs interview, the connection dropped, and I lost the majority of the Cub stuff, which is the same. So I will try to rehash it while we discuss it with Marshall and see what his up, opinions. And I'll, I'll do my best to replace John and his. He's got some big shoes to fill there. Exactly. Um, but we will. I will do my best. Uh, so yeah, we'll start obviously uh, with the Cub. They got eliminated. Yes, sir. Um, it's tough. It was like that. It was like that. Uh, that gift from um, the Water Boy, where the guy's like, "Oh no, we suck again." That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And it, it was a weird year. The first thing. I, I asked him, was, do you trust this front office moving forward? Because they had a couple of trades that did, or moves that didn't work out. Um, you had the U Darvish deal, which obviously he pitched better near the end of the year, but it still didn't really pan out the way they would have wanted. Jose Quintana trade uh, looked good on paper when it happened. Obviously, that didn't work out, and Eloy's been tearing it up this year. Quintana's kind of underperformed a little bit. Uh, Brandon Morrow signing tough. definitely didn't work out. Uh, Kimbrell, the only one really that went right for him this year, I think was the Nicholas Castellanos one, was, and he played his was, ass off trying to will him to yeah. the postseason, and John was saying that should be priority number one for this offseason, but I'll ask you, I agree. do you trust this um, this front office moving forward to make the right moves in a retool? Um, I I do. I So, I mean, this front office, I think looking at the moves they made, um, I mean, you talk about, like, Kimbrell for one. Uh, it's like, what, what more can they do? Like, they, they make a signing. Uh, Craig Campbell, historically, an absolute beast of a closer. Um, you know, he had a tough uh, end of the season last year. They did win the World Series, but he looked shaky at times. Then again, it's the World Series. What can you do there? Um, but it's one of those things, I think, the Quintana one, too, where, I mean, you look at the stats of the White Sox, fantastic. And we got we have we have the infield the outfield player like we don't we don't need. It's Eli. funny you say that because you saying Quintana with the White Sox. I love Quintana. I'm not a Sox fan, but he was one of my favorite players there, and he really liked the move at the time, and so do I. Like, yeah, I, yeah. So it's like one of those things where like and, and, and like so the moral one writing was a little bit on the wall. I mean, injury risk players is one thing because you can't really control injuries. Um, but when when I mean Morrow was playing for whatever like two three months maybe he was doing great. And then, and, and those, those are the moves where I really do trust this front office. Um, but I think that they're going to have to, they can't, see, before we had this, like, mode where it's like, all right, we have to, got this core, we got our good role players. Um, you think about, like, the 2016 and Russell, like, those kind of guys were like, they're good, they're filling their shoes, um, and they can just build around it. Where now it's like, you got to reshuffle everything. This is not, this is not rebuild. We have the pieces, we need to add pieces. It's like, what are we going to get rid of? What are the untouchables of this group? What are, the, what are the players that, like, might have to have some tough goodbyes? Talking about, you know, Wilson Contreras, uh, players like that, where it's like, look, like, we love Wilson Contreras. 
is huge for this team, but like, if you need pitching, you need pitching, and you gotta give up some if you want pitching, so that's where it's gonna have to happen. It's funny, yeah, same thing. I, I asked John the same question. I said, you're the GM, front office guy, you have the keys to the car moving forward, what would you do this offseason? And he said, my move would be, you gotta, gotta move some of these core players, to get some pitching arms, and he said the core guy he moves Wilson Contreras, which kind of like shocked me a little bit. You might hear a little bit on the end. I don't know if we got that part in there, but his pitch framing, uh, as you're saying, was yeah. not that great. Everyone's uh, mesmerized by the arm strength he has, but his defense really isn't that good. And he thinks, yeah. like looking at it, Caratini and Lucroy, when their pitchers are having their best performances, they were behind the plate. Like yeah. the starting pitching kind of like dipped when he was back. Yeah, there. and that's the thing where it's like you have to make a sacrifice. And Caratini, as much as like he was kind of in the background for the Cubs this year. He had a very productive season. And when Wilson Contreras went down uh, with the, the hamstring, I thought it was going to be like a lethal blow to this team. But Caratini did – I mean, obviously, Contreras is better than Caratini. But Caratini did enough to where, you know, it was defensively solid. Um, you're talking about Luke Roy, another guy, really good defense. But Caratini, he hit the ball. He hit the ball pretty dang well this year. Even in the beginning of the year, he sla- his slash line was fantastic. And it's, it's gotten to the point where, like, you know, if we if we got to, I mean, I mean, Contreras is one guy who I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams who are like halfway done, like for instance the Mets or like a team like that, where like you know need that spark, need that guy. The Cubs kind of had like John Lester was our guy, where you know he's not like this huge, um, like uh, he was an ace coming into the Cubs, but he was kind of just like that corner piece where like, they, they built, they kind of like capitalized on his uh, his presence, and I think Wilson Contreras could be that for a lot of teams, and they'd be willing to give up. I mean, I mean a catcher that hits. For a team, if you want to win a championship, that's huge, you know. And so, but I do trust him. I think, I think Castellanos needs to be a re-sign. It's gonna. It's interesting to see what his value is gonna be when he hits the market. But I think the Cubs can sacrifice some pieces. You, you kind of almost feel bad for him because he gets yeah. traded. The Cubs like, yeah, it's fine. I get to go to the postseason. He plays his ass off for the Cubs. Yeah. He really tried to will them to the postseason. And he just fell up short. And yeah. It's like, ah. But yeah. I, I agree. I think you got to try and re-sign yeah. him. Uh, think, Brian's going to be a free agent after next season. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because Scott Boris clients usually don't stay in the same spot. Yeah. They're gonna be, he's going to be demanding a lot of money. I think if I'm this Cubs front office, the untouchables are going to be Brian. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find. I can't Buy his other bank, right? Yeah. Well, I can't find. Uh, but it would be, yeah, the, the big three, Baez, Rizzo, um, and Bryant. I think any Cubs fan who wants to get rid of Bryant's a moron. I think that would be the Kalumak trade, but the, uh, the Cubs would be the Raiders. You know, you'd be getting rid of this guy. And look, if he walks, he walks, you know? Then, then that's a lot of money off the payroll um, next season. And if they can't re-sign him, which hopefully uh, maybe they will, maybe they're trying to get an extension out, uh, as the MLB has kind of been extension crazy as recently. Um but I think those three guys, Castellanos resigned, and then hot take here, but I think Schwarber needs to stay on this team. I don't think his value in the market is going to be huge enough where it's going to be, um, you're not going to get like a huge return for him. I also think since the trade, line, trade deadline, he bat, he, he's been batting 302. Uh, he had a productive season. Um, well, yeah, we were talk- John was talking about this, too, and like I was talking about the leadoff spot. Cause the production out of the leadoff spot was horrible all year. I thought yeah. Hayward would have been the solution. I didn't like Schwarber up there. But he was saying Schwarber is one of those left-handed bats who could quietly hit yeah. 40 home runs a year. Yeah, I mean, 30 he's like, he didn't, he didn't necessarily um, dislike it yeah. at the top of the order because he thinks he, he could be yeah. a quality guy. That he, if he if, still if hit Kyle Schwarber can just consistently stay a six. 
five five or six hitter, I think he can mash. I think he can do great there. Um, yeah, and you talked about the 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 leadoff. The leadoff hitter production this year was batting two fourteen with one hundred and sixty three Ks. Yeah, it's like that. That I think Whit, Whit Merrifield for the the Royals. That was a guy who the Cubs were trying to maybe take a take a run at um, at the trade deadline. Um, didn't work out. He was he was too much. Uh, but I think that's 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 the type of player that the Cubs need. And like I mean, you look at this front office. What did we trade for Nick Castellanos? Yeah, two double A bullpen arm, or uh, pitcher arms, which is like not bullpen, but starting that'd be one of them was a starting pitcher. It's like I believe in this front office. But yeah, those, those five guys, and then I guess Bodie because we, he just signed an extension. And David, see. David Bodie is a kind of guy this year that like I feel like his role was some was more than what it should be, and that was just because other players weren't producing. Like we wanted I mean you saw Cubs fans were like begging for David Bodie to be the everyday second baseman, which like I don't think he is an everyday second baseman. I think he's kind of a platoon shift around guy. He can play third. Um and you can put him yeah, you can put him in a lot of different positions. Like David Bodie, but then but it, it just Addison Russell stunk it up this year, Daniel Scalzo stunk it up this year. Um, and he had to play. Yeah. And so yeah, I think I think what went wrong for the Cubs for me is that a lot of role players were having to play consistently. I also think I do think Joe Madden is partly to blame uh, with his lineup cards. We'll get to yeah. So that was the well. The first question I actually asked him was I thought this was the most underachieving team in baseball talent wise. This team should have ran away with this division. I do not think the Cardinals are that good. I don't think their offense is consistent enough. I think Yelich masks a lot of the Brewers' problems. I don't think they have the pitching. Um, and then, obviously, the Reds and the Pirates, kind of the cellar dwellers there, and they could yeah. not seem to beat the Reds. Like, they should have ran away with this division. Yeah. They couldn't win on the road. They were kind of putzing around in the middle of the year. Um, and he was saying, like, bullpen, obviously, was one of the main issues. And you had yeah. the Addison wrestled domestic violence. It was, like, the perfect storm uh, yeah. for mediocrity. But going to Joe Madden, this is the other thing I asked him, like, because, obviously, he's going to be gone after the end of this year. There's yeah. a course coming out. Um and I asked what he thought, and he's like, usually you're supposed to be, you have to pick a side on this. And he said he really didn't have one. There was games where he definitely had some weird lineup decisions. Um, and he thinks, like, baseball, I was talking about how, like, he had the lineup set, like, a month in advance. And he's like, yeah, you can't do that. Baseball, as you know, is like a game of feel. you got to feel a matchup. If a guy's riding, like, a four-game hit streak or yeah. something, you can't just, like, pull him out of the lineup. So he wasn't a big fan of that. But at the same time, he said, there was days where this team showed up, not ready to play. Yeah. And as a professional athlete getting paid, you cannot be throwing away games or like taking games off because you're getting paid to play a game. You got to show up. That can't happen. And uh, you had a game against the Cardinals. They're up by a run in the ninth. You're bringing in your closer, Craig Kimbrell, who you just signed to lock this down, and he gave him a home run. So what do you want Joe Madden to do? So he said it was a it was a mix between both. It's time probably to move on and get a new guy in there. Yeah. But he it's not necessarily all his fault. It was more of like a 50-50 thing. So yeah, there's some things he could have done better. There's some things the Cubs roster could have done better in. Yeah. His act wore thin in Tampa Bay with these players. I stopped listening to him, and I think it was similar here. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you think? On yeah, Joe? so I think Joe, and, I yeah, like you said, I think it's a smart decision for him to walk. We see it, honestly, we see it a lot in soccer more than any other sport where a team has talent, underperform. Even like, I mean, like, if you look at a lot of teams, they would be like, dang, I wish we were the Cubs this year. I wish we were even competing for a spot. And so that's where it's like, you know, the, 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 the standard still needs to be high, but it's like one of those things where it's like the standard for this team should have been, it, it's so much more than what, just, what we just saw. Yeah. Um, you know, even though there's talent there. And, and frankly, you know, he might not have done a horrible job, but I think it's just the change of scenery. They definitely uh, They just need a new face in there. Um, 
And I think, yeah, I think the lineup, I mean, like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, like, how many times do we need to see Daniel Scalzo and Addison Russell start at second base before it's like, we need to find something else? And, and it's yeah. like, and the Romel Garcia thing, it, it worked for like, what, like two weeks? But it, it, that, that came so late where it's like, it's like, like, for instance, the Cubs by the numbers, uh, they had 108 errors, which was most in the NL. Uh, and the second base production slash uh, they hit two two twenty two, it's like, and then it's it's just one of those things where it's like the, the second base position was like a huge issue, and it's like Joe Madden, like why 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 are we keep seeing Anderson Russell? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. And you can say oh they didn't have anyone else. Uh, I think David Bodie, even Ian Happ. How long was he in the minors? And he came up and he's been he was been he's been a bit of a savior for the Cubs. Yeah. Like he he played very well. Where it's like, man, like I understand that like his his numbers in AAA might not have been that good, but like, dude, we can't. Anderson Russell was bad, like one eighty five at one point. Daniel Scalzo, he had like a month, half a month where he was good, and the rest of it was just atrocious. Yeah. And it wasn't even just hitting; it was like errors, like I just said. Where it's like, like we can't keep playing these players. Albert Almora, oh my goodness! I mean, how long was he? How long was he down for? Like. Two to three weeks where he, his, he had a, a massive span where he was just the lack of productivity was like glaringly obvious. Where it's like, dude, we're and it's one of those things where it's like, we're trying to compete. We have a championship, but we're trying to compete for a championship. We can't have Carlos Gonzalez, Daniel Descalzo, Albert Almora, and Addison Russell getting consistent playing time. Right. Like, championship teams don't have these crappy players playing, starting at center field, starting at second base. It's like, Man, Joe, like we, and it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like you know if 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 some guys are struggling, but those are your guys who have been proven that they can they can hit. It's like you just gotta keep them in the lineup. Yeah. But I I will say then like, I mean the away the away game losing. They, I mean they have thirty one to forty four. It's like I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's mentality. They were just five hundred on the road. A yeah. Whole other story. And this team, and this is the other point I brought up. Like they didn't seem to understand the concept of momentum. You yeah. would score 17 runs against the Nationals one night, and then the next night you come back and you score one run. Yeah. And it was like, do they, they'd be on a big losing streak, and all of a sudden they'd rattle off a win. Oh, they messed out, and they have a winning streak, and all of a sudden they start sl- they, they couldn't never yeah. get any momentum. And it was about, okay, when is this team going to make a run? When are they going to put it together? And then yeah. it's coming, and it's never, it never happened. Yeah. Um, final final question I had, and this is what I... The Cubs portion of this interview was really good, and this is my favorite part. I'm really upset we didn't get recorded because this man despises the White Sox. And my question was, and I talked about this around the All-Star break, I was like, hey, I think the Sox have a better, more optimistic future going forward. Maybe not necessarily a better record next year, but they're directing up where the Cubs are kind of plateauing and this window's closing. Yeah. Their goal is to, as he put it, to expand the window as much as possible. So, do you think the White Sox are going to be a brighter team looking forward? And he goes, my Cubs fans are going to hate me for this. But he's like, yeah, I do. You can see the talent there. Their core still in the minors, which isn't necessarily true, but we do got two guys down there. So, I understood the point he was going to make. Yeah. They're all coming up. They're going to start clicking where the Cubs are just struggling to keep this thing uh, extended. So, he's like, yeah, it's not far-fetched to think. The White Sox right now have a better-looking trajectory, and the, uh, the roles of Chicago baseball might be shifting in these next uh, couple of years. Um... I mean, I can I can see where that like it looks good, but I think if you look at the White Sox, I mean, like besides um, their their big three, Abreu, Makata, and Mister Tim Anderson. No, no, no. Eloy. Eloy. Yeah. Tim Anderson though, he's gonna win a batting title this year. Yeah. He's leading the uh, league in average, and it's by a lot. 
Um, yeah. Abreu might lead the league in RBIs. Yeah. Eloy has had a year where he's only hit, he's hit 30 homers and he's hitting like 260. That's been considered a bad year for him. Like the ceiling's higher, and we still yeah. got Luis Robert in the minors, as John was alluding to. Still got Michael Kopech who hasn't come up. So there's still a decent amount of this core that's there. So I think I, it's I all think, starting to. It's, I think they're gaining momentum. I can see that, but also like the and the Cubs core can compete with that. I don't think. I think we're a long ways away from seeing. I can see the White Sox being better, but I don't think the roles are going to reverse. I don't think the Cubs are going to stink it up anytime soon. Okay, I didn't say that either, and I yeah. said that necessarily they might not even have a better record next year. But I, their next future year, going forward is a lot brighter than the Cubs is right now, optimistic I mean, wise. Now I will say this: you too. can say, I mean, that's that's the natural form of baseball. You have a championship window. Right. You trade prospects to get Aroldis Chapman, and you trade prospects to get these guys, and then it right. just rotates. So, like, I, will, I don't think it. I don't think. I think Cubs fans have been we've we've gotten a little bit of a custom. I mean, this first time we missed the playoffs is twenty fourteen. We've kind of gotten accustomed to having this like golden ticket where we're just winning the division. But I do like I don't I don't think I think it's fair to say that the White Sox can compete with the Cubs in the next couple of years. Um, it is nice having. But you would be more optimistic as a Sox fan right now. I mean, I would. Cubs fan I, I would be more optimistic maybe for the next decade. Okay, but yeah, that, that's, but that's also like. I think if, if that's that's to be expected. Like yeah. that's what happens when you when you rebuild. I will give the Cubs this. The stage the White Sox are in, and you can ask Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein this. Yeah. This is the easy part. Building it and building the championship contender and doing the rebuild. Yeah. That's the easy part. Sustaining it, as we saw this year with the Cubs, and you gotta make those Man. moves to keep in contention. That's the hard part. I so will the say, Cubs are in the and, and we're we're a lot of focus on the Cubs. I'll tell you what, at least I'm not a Red Sox fan. Because yeah, that was brutal. Well, they had a, um, and then they're they're thinking again. They're thinking of just trading these guys away. Where it's like we went from championship to like on the verge of blowing it up. Whereas the Cubs, like, I mean, you look at the you look at the names that are gonna shift around. I think besides Wilson Contreras, it's like, dude, I, I uh, John, uh, the, the we haven't really talked about the pitching. But I think I think Hendricks and Darvish are the only two guys. I mean, Quintana's not going anywhere. He's under contract. It doesn't really make sense to move him. But I think Cole Hamels is gone. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your one good year, one and a half, one and a third good year. Yeah, Lester. I mean, Lester gave up the most hits in the National League this year from starting pitcher. Right. It's like we. That he, was, he, and he's like a locker room guy. Yeah. But like, it's to a point where it's like, dude, like, I'm sorry, man. So like, far. Yeah. Well, that was John's big point too. Like he was saying, like you, you got to get some pitching this offseason. You're gonna have to trade a core member. And it's yeah. like, he's like, it, it pains me to say this because I love all of them, but like, you're going to have to say goodbye to a guy that you really like yeah. and get some pitching because this team needs some pitching. I will um, say, though, like, when it comes to the shift around, there are going to be some names that I'm going to miss, but there, but the names come with stat lines that I'm not going to miss. Yeah. You know? Where it's like, Wilson, I love you guy, but like, and if you look at it, it, well, it, it, pitch framing was horrible. Yeah. If you, get a, if you get a good return, I'll, for, I'll, for, I'll forget about Wilson Contreras real quick. You know? I love Jose Quintana. I forgot about him. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 yeah, it, it, you, it is like, oh, that stinks because I have his jersey or whatever. But then, like, you wait like up half a season. You're like, well, that was that's probably the right move. Right. Like, I mean, we, we moved on from like Starlin Castro. That one hurt, but it was like, well, that's all right. And the return was not much room. That was just a player where it's like, ah. Um, recapping, I think like my total recap for like what what went wrong. Uh, I think a lot of it was mentality, uh, and I think you saw the core. I mean, it's hard because people are saying uh, that the 
that this Cubs team doesn't want to win, and they, like, didn't show up for games. And I think that's true of, like, a majority, but I think, I mean, you got Rizzo. I mean, you see Did the... Did you see the ankle? Yes. His ankle His ankle, bruised. first of all, that injury looked like his ankle snapped in two. Yeah. And his ankle looked horrible, and it comes back when he's on it. I mean, Javier Baez has a broken thumb, and they're pinch hitting because, like, you Darvish playing his ass off. Three straight games with at least 11 strikeouts. He's yeah. doing his absolute best. I mean, we had the game, I believe it was against the Cardinals. We're up... We're up one nothing, and lost and lost. No, uh, uh, two nothing. Two. We were up two one. Lost three two. Darvish went eight and uh, one third inning. Yeah. It's like what? What, what more, more do you want, want out of this guy? And we there there are guys who are playing their asses off, and then there are guys who just they they shouldn't belong in this organization. Anymore. And I think yeah, and it, a lot of it was mid season. They're kind of putzing around with their mounting games, which was like yeah. to John's point. But I do agree. I think when it got down to crunch time, the team. They yeah. didn't want to win. It's not a question of whether they want to yeah. win or not. It's just well, a lot I think of things. Yeah. And I also think what what really, really frustrated me this year, yeah, uh, is that last year, game one sixty three, couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh wild card game, couldn't get it done. And where the mantra was like, yo, every game matters. Yes. And then I had like Tony Kemp hitting leadoff. Addison Russell. Who was in the uh, minors when they acquired him? He was yeah. in AAA when they made that trade. Yeah. Addison, I mean, Jonathan LaCroix is a six-hitter. Addison Russell has two weeks where he's the second baseman every day in, day out. Daniel Descalzo, we signed this guy, stunk it up. It took it took uh, more than half a season for him to see AAA. It's one of those things where it's like, do we really believe that every game matters? Because there are a lot of lineups where it's like, it, it, like I understand injuries happen, you know, lack of productivity happens. But there are some games where it's like, dude, like these guys belong in AAA. If every game matters, then we'd have a consistent lineup of our good players. And then it didn't happen. Falls on Joe. Then again, you know, David Bodie, which kind of like our answer guy, he struggled this year. Schwarber struggled at times. It happens. But I think, yeah, like you said, it was a perfect storm. Um, it'll be interesting to see Cubs moving forward. I am, I, I think a lot of Cubs fans have kind of mentally prepared themselves uh, for a shakeup. And it's gonna come. Also, this is like totally off topic, but you brought it up earlier. I just want to say, I shoot huge shout out to Tim Anderson, who's one of my favorite players in baseball. He had that interview recently mm-hmm. where he's called baseball boring. Yeah, and I totally agree with him. And it's it's yeah, this it's totally off topic. We're talking about baseball. I just want to say shout out to Tim Anderson. It's poster right there. Yes, yes, so I, I love Tim. He's him. A, yeah, his triceps look huge. So you know, he good for him. It's him throwing the bat. Yeah, dude, the bat. Yeah, no. So. Uh, but yeah, that's that. He and, is a great guy. Like, you know, he's yeah. like, I don't want people to remember me for bad flips. I want people to remember me for the type of person I am. Which is like, oh, that's like cool. He like does a lot of stuff for the community. But you're yeah. right. He's got that swagger bottom where he swagger. doesn't care what you think. Like, yeah. I will throw my bat. I will call baseball boring. Yeah. So what, you old guys? There's a middle finger for exactly. you. Exactly. But uh, yeah. yeah, so thank you for tuning in. Yes, uh, you're about to hear the rest of the interview with John coming up. Unfortunately, because of weather, we couldn't get the Cubs part. But that. I think me outside. and Marshall did a good job of recapping it for you. It is sunny outside now. We're not really happens. rubbing it. In. But yeah, yes. so enjoy the rest of the interview yes. uh, and enjoy the rest of your week. So at this point of the interview, we were talking about the Cubs pitching situation and how the Cubs bullpen, especially, they had 28 blown saves and how John was saying if they could have just converted 15 of those, that's 15 more wins and it's a whole different discussion. So bullpen need to be addressed and partly the starting pitching too. And his main point was how the Cubs developed uh, their pitching. They need to be be better at developing young arms in the minors and developing the pitching as a whole. You have all those guys in the minor leagues, 
Yeah, Ryan Jensen, the guy from Fresno State that we just drafted. We have all those guys, but you don't know if they're going to develop into starting pitchers. That's the thing, and there's been a major concern down in the farm system that those guys aren't going to necessarily pan out well in the major leagues as much as they are as much as they are in the minor leagues. Yeah. So you're the Cubs uh, GM right now. You got the keys to the car. Who? Which piece of the core are you keeping? And who would you? Who are you shipping off? Oh man, you're, you're gonna you're gonna break my heart here, Mitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know what? Uh, might as well spill the beans. I was gonna, um, you know, as the season ended, I was gonna write an offseason mock about the Cubs. It's my offseason mock 1.0, putting the final touches together on as we speak. Um. I, it's sad It's sad for me to say this, but I think the guy... There's going to be two members of the core that will be gone. One of them, I do think that it's Wilson Contreras. Really? Yeah, I think it's going to be Wilson Contreras, his defense. Uh, I mean, listen, the guy's got a cannon of an arm. Yeah. The guy's one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. But when you look at the pitch framing, when you look at him just calling a game as a catcher, he's, one, he's, he's towards the bottom. He's one of the worst... It, blocking all the defensive defensive metrics as a catcher he's towards the bottom and it's becoming you know apparent that defense is one of our biggest weaknesses and he might be part of the problem of our starting pitching that's struggling you see Cole Hamels you see you Darvish they when they pitch Wilson Contreras is not catching it's always Caratini or Jonathan Lucroy Contreras is nowhere to be found Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you started seeing Lester struggle when 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 Wilson Contreras took over his games. Uh, Hendricks hasn't been what he's what you know he's supposed to be. Quintana, same thing. I love Quintana with the White Sox. I thought it was a great trade. I yeah. still do. At the time, I didn't think it was a bad trade either because you guys needed pitching. You were contending. You didn't need either of those prospects. And I yeah, I actually I don't disagree with you. I thought it was a good team for a trade for both uh, both teams involved. I love Quintana with the White Sox. You know, out of all the White Sox, he was probably one of my favorites. And you know, now this offseason, he's going to have an option for eleven and a half million dollars. A guy that can win you ten to fourteen games and you know have a, a decent ERA, a number four, number three starter for eleven and a half million or ten and a half, I should say, it's ten and a half million. That's a, that's a steal. So of course, you know, that to me, I still think that's a good trade. I, uh, but going back to the point, I think it's going to be Wilson Contreras that's going to be gone. All right. Well, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk some Bears uh, football. Uh, the sure. one thing that is Lighten going right. Up a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bears are two and one. Easily could be one and two or three. Or three and zero. If you look at it, uh, depends how you look at it. Um, I was reading one of your articles the other day about uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and the point, I actually I agree with a lot of it. Uh, the uh, Basis of the article, talking about you can't expect Mr. Trubisky to be like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, which is fair because like Andy Reid, obviously, offensive genius, and Mahomes, like it's hard to compete with a talent like that. The point I I would disagree with would be I think you said Bears fans are expecting too much um, from Trubisky, and I think looking at the numbers of last that, that Monday night game, yeah, the numbers were good. But if you look at the numbers with context, like I was at the Nebraska game a couple Saturdays ago, and if you're looking just at the numbers. Uh, they, they ran for over, they had over 600 yards of offense, they only allowed one first down on defense, they dominated time of possession, but it was still a four-point game. So you got to look at the context of the numbers, where like with Trubisky, 
two of those touchdown passes were like one yard little checkdowns. They didn't really throw the ball downfield all that much. And it was against a pretty suspect Washington defense. The interception he threw was horrible. I think the oh, defense yeah. is going to keep this team afloat. And I don't think this is a serious playoff contender if Trubisky's playing at the level he's played for these first three games. Uh, what say you? You see, I think... I think if he plays the way I know, obviously when you when you when you look at that interception, of course that cannot ever happen again because that was one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my life. Um, that can't happen again. But I do think if Trubisky plays the way that he did against Washington, I do think that we can actually make this season. I, th- I think we can make a run this season because of the defense. The, the yeah. offense has to feed off the defense's energy. Now the defense was unbelievable on Monday night. Now, I'm not a you can't expect them to have that type of performance every week because that's that's like historic. That's 85 Bears we're talking right yeah. here. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I do think that when the games matter most, Khalil Mack, Hicks, Roquan Smith, Fuller, Jackson, you name it, you name all those guys, they're going to show up when the game matters most. And all Trubisky has to do is do what he did on Monday night. I'm not saying throw 300 yards, 350, not all that. I'm saying 230, 80%, you know, he threw an 80% completion rating. Short, safe throws, keep it simple, do simple better. That's that, that's, I think if he does that with the, the, the effort that, that the defense showed, I think that this team can make a run in the NFC. I, I don't disagree with you. My one pause would be, because the defense is tremendous, like you said. Uh, they got studs all over the place, and they're deep. The depth is insane. You got Kwiatkowski, who's not even a starter, and I think he's a stud. Obviously, Roquan, I think, is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Uh, Trevathan. Uh, yeah, that the defense is not worried about me at all. I think put them up against any offense in the NFL right now, I think they could go toe-to-toe with them. Uh, my, my one issue would be, though, especially the way we've looked the first three games, this division's tough. I think the Packers are for real. I think they're going to win the division, and we're going to sneak in with a wild card spot. But I think the Vikings, I mean, you kind of wrote them off like, oh, yeah, we should take care of them, no problem. That roster is really deep, too. And right now I trust Kirk Cousins a little bit more than I would Trubisky. Um, really? It's deep. Yeah. I mean, okay, okay. So, so, so here, so here I, sorry to cut you off, but all right. when you look at the Vikings roster, yes. When you look at the Vikings roster, you're saying to yourself, dude, how are we going to compete with this? This is the most talented roster on paper. Right. But once you go on the once you go on the field, these last three weeks, the Vikings have shown zero confidence in Kirk Cousins. And they do not trust that guy at all. They're handing it to Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and now that's just easy to defend, especially if you're the Bears. You're going to force Kirk Cousins to throw it. You're going to force Kirk Cousins to beat you. And that just makes it easier for, for you know for the, to, to beat the Vikings, in my opinion. But couldn't you say the same thing about the Bears? Because like the Bears didn't really do anything. They, 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 they Nagy didn't show me anything that looked like he trusted Trubisky. He barely threw the ball out of all the um, quarterbacks in the NFL. He's leading the league in passes that are uncatchable. He, his uh, average yards per pass, I think, is one of the lowest in the NFL. Um, like, so I don't think there's anything. And with the Vikings, the, on that roster, you got Dalvin Cook, who's a stud. He's got two top receivers. The Bears really they only got one, and Alshon, or um, not Alshon Jeffrey, I beg your pardon, uh, Alan Miller, Alan Robinson. Um, so 
I that that's why I would. It's not even like talent thing, because uh, I agree, Kirk Cousins is not ideal. But with the pieces he has around him, I would, I'd take him over right now over over Trubisky. See, you can you can say the same thing about Trubisky, but I think the Bears have options. They have options other than the Vikings. They have they they, they have and they have ways to protect Trubisky. When it's all said and done, Kirk Cousins has to be the guy that gives the ball to Diggs. Gives the ball yeah. feeling. Well, when when it's all said and done for the Bears, you have so many guys that can be safety blankets for Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. My goal, my, not my goal, but my my thing is get those guys the ball in their hands and let them make plays after the catch. They are playmakers for a reason. They're fast. They're quick. They have, they have elite athleticism. Get Get the ball in their hands and let them make plays after the catch. I think Nagy does a better job of protecting Trubisky than the Vikings do of Kirk Cousins. I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Here's my biggest problem with Trubisky, too. And this isn't even like a Kirk Cousins thing. This is just Trubisky in general. It's your third year in the NFL. Your second year in the offense. You were, we traded up to get you. At some point, you know, we got to give you the keys to the car here and say, let's go. And he, does, he looks like the training wheels haven't been taken off yet. Uh, you see Mahomes out there slinging it, and obviously, you know, Mahomes is a once-in-a-generation talent. But even Deshaun Watson, who I like the best out of the draft, because if you beat Alabama twice in college, when he has a week to prepare for you and you tear him up like that, I think that's a solid quarterback. He's proven a winner, and he's doing it in the NFL. And Trubisky was a guy who only started six games in college, and the guy that was starting ahead of him didn't even get drafted. So there's major concerns there. I, I think that I haven't seen any development. I could argue that it looks like he's taking a step back almost this year. The offense couldn't score on a hooker that first two weeks. Like it was, it was bad. It was bad to watch. I don't bad. see any development. Now, now, now uh, let me let, let's, let's stay on track. Let's stay on the, this Trubisky thing because you're right. When you watch him out in the field, he doesn't. It doesn't look natural to him. He looks too tight. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's trying to play quarterback instead of being a quarterback. He looks. And at times, you know, he's trying to do too much. He's trying to, you know, he, he just, he doesn't look natural out there. He's not a natural thrower. He's always throwing off the back foot. He's, he's, he's not finding his lanes. He's, it looks like he doesn't have great vision. I like how in that Washington game, they played that up, up-temple style. Yes. The, uh, uh, no huddle. Let Nagy be Trubisky's eyes at the line of scrimmage. Let him be the eyes. Let him lay the defense. Let him change the plays, and then that's how you can. That's how you can protect Trubisky. That's how you can uh, protect the offense. That's how you can beat defenses with Trubisky only averaging four to five yards per play. Yeah, yeah. I that that's fair. I did like the up tempo style. Um, I guess the Redskins though. I feel like even in the second half, should have scored a couple more, couple more points there. But it is nice. We finally have a kicker, Eddie Pinero. Um, that that's been good. Do you have any uh, any other thoughts on this team, like weakness wise or m- moving forward? Weakness wise, I do think that not having a uh, consistent tight end is mm-hmm. going to hurt Trubisky. You see, and, and that's another thing that about my article. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, keep going back to my article. No, no, keep plugging away, man. Because because I looked at the Chiefs, and it took years, since 2013 when Andy Reid was hired, 
the Andy Reid, Matt Nagy offense, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. it's a complicated offense. And it's taken years. 2013 was uh, Eric Fisher and Travis Kelsey. 2016 was Demarcus Robinson, who you're now seeing break out in Tyreek Hill. Uh, 2017, Mahomes and Kareem Hunt. 2018, 2019, Nicole Hardman. It takes, it took years and years and years to build this offense, to build this personnel, and now you know you're, you're, they they have what? I, I mean, I, I suck at math. They have six years of building this offense. The Bears are only on year two of building this offense and building the right personnel mm. around Trubisky or the right personnel for Nagy. Because in my opinion. I'm not so convinced that Trubisky is the future quarterback of this team. Oh, I totally agree. I totally you know agree. How, you know how the Chiefs, how they had Alex Smith yeah. before before Mahomes? What's, what, who can disagree with me when I say Trubisky might be our Alex Smith and our Patrick Mahomes is still out there? It could I be. I'm, I'm not totally convinced that Trubisky is the future of this team. Well, especially because you got to sign guys in the defensive end and keep the defense intact and other pieces around them. And I'm not gonna like blow it by giving Trubisky a big contract extension. Where now I'm handcuffed, and I don't no think Trubisky's way. the guy. Yeah, I no completely way. agree. Looking at the schedule moving forward, there's some tough games in here. We got the Saints. There's the Chargers, Eagles, Lions have looked pretty good. The Rams still. Uh, the Cowboys. Um, and the Chiefs again. What do you see our final record here? What, what do you think the expectations are for the rest of the season? And uh, what's the ceiling as far as this team can go? Uh, all right, so let's see. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Let's see. You have Vikings this week, this weekend, and not picking the Bears to win. I think they'll uh, win so that too. I think it'll be close yeah. though. Very close, yes, very close. But Soldier Field, uh, I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking Vikings. Yep. I'm picking Bears to win. Excuse me, Bears to win. Uh, then you have the Raiders in London. That's a win. So right win off that. the right there, we're four and one. Then it's. I believe it's a bye week, and then you then we play New Orleans, yep, correct? Correct, and that's at home, without that's Drew Brees. Without Drew Brees, and that is huge. With Drew Brees, we're in trouble. Without him, I think we can take care of New Orleans. So I'm picking New Orleans. I'm picking that game as a win. Then after New Orleans, it's Philadelphia. Chargers. 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 Yeah. Now, 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 now. Here's where I get a little crazy. I think the Bears can beat the Chargers. One. Even if it's at, or even if it's on the road, even if it's at home, this one's at home too. Yeah, is at home. Yes, it is at home. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Because the Chargers are the unluckiest team in football. They just find ways to beat themselves every year, every week. Yeah. It's, it's, they they should have destroyed the Lions. They didn't. They should have. They should have beat the Texans. They didn't. They're the unluckiest team in football. I see that as a win. Philadelphia, we're at Philly. That's gonna be tough. Uh, then you got Detroit, and then on and on and on and on. I think a final record of eleven and five is doable. I yes, I don't think we're going to beat the Cowboys. I think that's a loss. I think the Chiefs one, I think will be tough. But I think eventually Mahomes is going to. Like, there's only so much that defense can do, because that's my big worry about the defense, and last year it happened too. Fourth quarter, they were one of the worst scoring defenses in the NFL, which says about how good they were for the other three, because they're still one of the top, they were, if not the top defense in the NFL. But fourth quarter, they gave up quite a few points, and if the Trubisky's not scoring, I can see him losing to the Chiefs there. Packers are another team I think are good. Um, I think that defense is for real. I mean, they didn't really show it last night. 
um, against the Eagles. Are you still Eagles. holding on hope? Huh? You're, you're, you're still, you're still believe, you believe in them? You're still, you still have faith? In the Packers? Yeah, in, in, in that defense. I don't want to, but I think they got. I think they made enough moves to give. I have faith in Aaron Rodgers. That that's who I have faith in, and I think that that's he finally has a competent that. defense. That they're not a top five defense, but they're for the first time I think in as long as I can remember, they're on the right side of the fifteen. Uh, so they're in the top half of the, uh, the top fifteen defenses, maybe a top ten. Because they made, I like the offseason moves. Adrian Amos is uh, one of the top safeties in football by Pro Football Focus. Uh, a couple of D linemen they got, and um, you know Aaron Rodgers, I think, in the offense will get it figured out. So that's the one team that is very concerning in that division uh, for me. Um, let's see who else is on here. Actually, yeah, I can see. I'm going ten and six, nine and seven. Okay. Between nine and seven, ten and six, we could go eleven and five. I would be ecstatic. I think we could. You, what do you, you think this team can make the Super Bowl this year, as currently constructed? Currently constructed, no. I think, I think there's too much uh, competition in the NFC. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm a homer, but I have to be realistic here. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't see it this year. Unless Trubisky makes an unbelievable leap from now to the end, mm-hmm. it, it, it's on Trubisky, and he hasn't bought my faith yet. Fair enough. All right, we'll do a rapid fire real quick. Your situations around the NFL slash sports. Get your quick opinions on them. Uh, Antonio Brown situation. Oh, like, like, what do I think? Yeah, what do you think? Oh, I'm... I'm Feel free to rant. I am I'm totally glad he's out of the NFL. I actually like the Patriots. Not because I want to see them win. I respect how they build the team. I respect the way Bill Belichick coaches. I respect that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, and when they acquired Antonio Brown or they signed Antonio Brown, it kind of let the bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I kind of stopped liking the Patriots for the first time since I was little. Uh, but now that they got rid of him, I'm kind of happy. You know, that guy is a major distraction. Good, good that he's out of the NFL. Uh, nothing officially out of the Chargers, but still. It didn't. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he's out of there. It didn't seem like they did much research on it either. Like, that was very unbelichecking. Like, like, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. make him work. Just throw him on the roster. So I agree. I, I and maybe that's why he, he, you know, he's so pissed off and he just can't answer Antonio Brown questions anymore. Right. He realizes he screwed up here for the first time in his career. He screwed up pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Daniel Jones, how did he look for you? Do you think that's sustainable? I thought he looked pretty good. Gold jacket. <laughs> no, I'm not messing. I'm messing. Uh, great, yes, of course, great. I felt really happy for him. Uh, happy that he shut up all the all those people that just really destroyed him on draft night. I was I was really happy to see Daniel Jones uh, do that. But again, it's only one week. It's only against Tampa Bay. Um, I'm excited to see him play against the Redskins. I'm I mean, I'm excited to see how he looks after you know for weeks to come because Daniel Jones can really change the way. We looked at quarterbacks in college. Uh, I, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, uh, Kyle Allen spinning it pretty well down there in Carolina. Do you think this is uh, Cam Newton's last season with the Panthers? I do. I think they're. I think they're doing everything that they can to uh, give Kyle Allen a job. There. I mean, they're even telling Cam Newton, "Hey, take another week off. Take another week off. Take another." Week. I think they're they're looking for excuses to get rid of Cam Newton. Gardner Minshew mania. Uh, do you th- are you jumping on the bandwagon, or do you think this is a flash in the pan? Anyone can beat the Titans on a Thursday night. <laughs> I am on the bandwagon. I was on the bandwagon since his Washington State days. I don't know if you have a Twitter, 
But if you have a Twitter yes. follow me, at RealJohnStacco, I, and I, I have to tweet to back it up. I'll show you, I'll screenshot him, and, I, <laughs> and I'll send him your way. I've been calling Gardner Minshew one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL draft since November. You gotta love the I'm mustache. I'm on it. Gardner Minshew. He's, he's the man. Finally. Uh, we're talking a, lot, a little bit uh, before the show started. Uh, Bulls this year made a couple nice moves. Uh, do you think they can make the playoffs this year? I think they could sneak into an eight seed. Damn right, Mitch. There we go. 100% eight seed. Uh, Sato Sauce. Daddy is young. You, you, you remember we were at the Dogs game interning. Yes. And when the Bulls signed Daddy is young, you should you should have saw me. I'm you were ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would thought they got Kevin Durant. You were ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree, though. He fits Boylan's style. He can be a nice six guy. He plays tough defense. Um, Sadoransky, I think, is going to fit really well in that system. He looked really good in that uh, tournament over the summer. Um, and Levine and Mark and I think they're still going up. I, I, I don't think we've seen the um, top of their ceilings yet either. So I think it'll be a fun team uh, this year for sure. Don't forget about Wendell Carter Jr. Yes. Oh, Wendell. Yes. Yeah. And we got uh, Payne. Um, we're not Cameron Payne. Um the guy we just drafted. Cameron Chris Payne. Dutton. Oh, Chris Dutton. Yeah, yeah. No, the guy we got from Carolina. Big Carolina. effort. Oh, oh, Kobe White. Kobe White, yeah. I don't know why I keep calling him Cameron Payne. I hope he's not a Cameron that's, Payne. That's, that's, that's not a good sign. That's not a good, no, that's not a good sign. I jinxed him. But, yeah, I think he could be interesting, too. So, um, definitely it'll be a fun season to watch uh, this year. Um, I think so, too. Well, that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for coming on, John. Appreciate your input. Definitely remember no, to follow him. No problem, man. Thank you for having me on. Anytime. Yeah, if you ever need a guest or something to fill slot, uh, let me know. Probably not, though. 77 Sports Stop. Uh, definitely check it out, guys. Uh, great blog. Great podcast. Um, he's got some good rants. The Pirates rant uh, he had earlier this year was a classic. Uh, for sure. <laughs> the dirtiest team in baseball, and they're bringing back Clint Hurdle. I can't believe that. I don't understand it either. That team, I don't know. That team's a mess. <laughs> hey, let him be a mess. Let him be, we have to beat on somebody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In the NL Central. You still got the Cincinnati Reds. You can beat down on them. Oh, no, dude. The Reds, it's impossible. We, the Reds, we can't beat the Reds to save our lives. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Every year the Reds give us the biggest fits. That one of those teams. Actually, real quick, who do you have World Series uh, prediction? Who who do you like? Who do you dislike? I, I got, I got oh. the Astros. It's kind of a cop-out. Um, oh, you're picking the Astros? I, I think so. I would take the Astros over the field, especially in the AL. The wild yeah. card game will be interesting, though. I do like the Oakland-Tampa Bay game. Uh, if that too. holds up, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's going to be must-watch. I think that those are two great managers, two great young teams. Uh, really, you have the A's in their great bullpen. You have the, uh, uh, the Rays in their great starting pitching. I really love it. Those are the two teams that I'm going to be rooting for. Yeah, whoever uh, comes out of that for the World sure. Series. Yeah. Um, but who do I think is going to be in the World Series? I'm going to go. You know what? I, I, yeah, you know it's it's going to sound like a cop out. Uh, but I'm going to go Astros and Dodgers. I just think yeah. from top to bottom, bullpen, starting pitching, lineups. I just both teams are just so unbelievably stacked in every way possible. It just, it's kind of hard not to beat those two teams. Uh, yeah, especially in the NL, there's not a whole other team. Like, Atlanta, everyone's hyped on. I don't know if I trust Atlanta. I think they're a second-round playoff exit. Yeah, um, Washington's the same way. They got no bullpen, and you need a bullpen in the playoffs. Um, 
but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I, I'm on board with you. I think we're gonna get Washington or um, excuse me, uh, Houston and LA once again. And LA, you know how they do in World Series, so I, that's why I got Houston uh, winning that one. Yeah, exactly. There you go. We need Clayton Kershaw postseason to step up big. You know, you know which way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate Thank the time. You, I, I, I got to return the favor. You're, you're going to be in the sports stop, guaranteed. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah, later in the year we'll have to we'll have to do a uh, both both ways. We'll have to do a, we'll check back up on the Bears and Cubs we'll last check off back season. Up on the Bears, and then we'll do a, we'll do a Bulls one for sure. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks, bud. All right, no problem, Mitch. Thank you, man. All right. Stop.